Hey folks, my name is Jason Spies and I travel across these great states talking to small business owners, CEOs, policymakers, musicians and mentors about making money, giving back and balancing life. I find out how they prioritize professional and personal time while still making money. Yes indeed, our guests are real heavyweights in understanding business and life. So get ready to relax, learn a little bit, and get a cup of coffee ready because my name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Folks, we got a fantastic program in store for you today. Thank you very much for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. Thank you very much for choosing Coffee and Capitalism Radio here on the Crude Life Media Network. I know there's a lot of choices for content these days. Seems like everybody's got a podcast, but hey, this is a radio show. Our stuff is so good, so important that the radio folks want it as well as the podcast folks because Coffee and Capitalism is podcasts at well as well at the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out, but let me tell you a little bit about Coffee and Capitalism Radio. What we do is we bring you exclusive interviews and distinct content from leaders who drive our economy, from CEOs to small business owners to mentors. Coffee and Capitalism is a leader in innovation, ideas, and inspiration. Coffee and Capitalism is about making money and giving back, learning the fine art of balancing work and family life, prioritizing your time. We got a fantastic program in store for you today here on Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Daniel Stenberg with McKinsey County Economic Development. McKinsey County is up in the Bakken oil fields, and Watford City is really kind of the ground zero, if you will, for energy activity in the Bakken. I'm sure many of you have read the headlines involving the Bakken oil fields. Well, Daniel Stenberg's right in the heart of it. So we talk a little bit about the energy activity, the development of the community. Plus a little bit more with Daniel Stenberg in just a moment here on Coffee and Capitalism. And then we venture into Colorado. Tracy Bentley with the Colorado Petroleum Council. They've got a very interesting thing coming up on this year's ballot, Proposition 112. Now, the reason that we have them on Coffee and Capitalism this week isn't for the political reason, no, because we're a non-political program. It's just that what's happening there almost seems like it's going to be templated in other states across the country. And I'll tell you what. Tracy Bentley with the Colorado Petroleum Council agrees with that hypothesis. So we talk a little bit about what's going on in Colorado and why indeed she believes that this is a templated effort to try to ban oil and gas activity in other states beyond Colorado. Tracy Bentley, Colorado Petroleum Council, a little bit later on in the program. And then Josh Swanson, Vogel Law Firm, with a case in North Dakota that just will not stop where the state continues to try to obtain mineral rights from people who own oil mineral rights underneath Lake Sakakawea. Very interesting, very greedy, very unusual. You're going to want to check out Josh Swanson a little bit later on in the program. Josh Swanson, Vogel Law Firm. All right, that's what we have lined up today on Coffee and Capitalism Radio, plus a little bit more. You're going to have to listen to find out. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. 
Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch coaching. I think it's a really exciting time for our young leaders today because um, leaders like Eric Hatch are changing the face of what it means to lead an organization or what it means to lead a brand. He's changing that. For many years, I think that the, the gold standard of leadership has been somebody who is very polished and has it all together or seemingly has it all together and throughout the years. Um, I think that we've now, especially with technology and social media, we are drawn to what's real. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Daniel Stenberg with McKinsey County Economic Development. This is Daniel Stenberg with McKinsey County Economic Development. Thank you for joining the program today here in economic development in McKenzie County. I bet a lot of people are thinking that's like shooting fish in a barrel these days. Of course, economic development out in McKenzie County means Watford City. Watford City is in McKenzie County. Watford City is kind of the heart, the center of the Bakken oil boom. And Watford City has gone through some tremendous growth. I mean, we're talking about going from, you know, a couple thousand people to five, six, seven thousand people. It might be more, but it's it's doubled, in, uh, if not tripled, in growth for a small community. So, uh, Mr. Daniel Stenberg, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Has, has anybody given you a hard time, like, you know, economic development in Watford City? Boy, that's got to be a tough gig. I know I know it's a, it's not as easy as I just made it sound, but does anybody give you ruffle your feathers a little bit about that out of jealousy? Well, right, exactly. I yeah, know economic development is so broad, and so it, it's not so much for us about bringing jobs here. It's, it's more trying to find the workers to come here and enhance that quality of life, make sure quality of life is, you know, is maintained so that we have a good community for people to live in. Well, and that's a good point, too, because a lot of people, they hear economic development, and the first thing they think of is, you know, like what you said, jobs and some of these, uh, you know, bringing companies to town, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the things that you've been doing there, though, are a little bit different, a little bit outside the box. I know we had, uh, I believe it was Patrick Bertinoli on a few weeks ago, and he was he was really, you know, giving you a lot of uh, – kudos for your work and being instrumental and kind of bridging a gap and being a liaison for Nuvera Environmental Solutions and, you know, the county when it comes to their high school and that sort of thing. Uh, Are you doing a lot of these little special projects? I mean, I I really haven't heard too many economic developers doing that type of thing. Well, yeah, I think sometimes people are looking to have meetings with other people, but they don't necessarily have the venue or the person to organize that meeting. And um, and just because our workforce is, is probably our biggest challenge that we have, you know, what can our office do is what we've been asking. And um, having conversations with the high school and having conversations with businesses, they're like, you know, is there ways that we can create more opportunities for for kids in high school to see what the opportunities are here right in our own backyard and for them to understand 
that. And so we've just been, we don't have a college here in town um, that has a bricks and mortar, but we have University of Mary offering classes here, Williston State and Train ND. We've been having conversations and, you know, what are ways that we can can meet our workforce needs without having um, to have people leave our community for trainings. And so that's, um, we've been yeah, meeting with various oil companies, various uh, petroleum companies as well, to just kind of talk about, you know, what are your needs? What can you guys help the school with that they can see what, um, what opportunities there are for people who want to enter the workforce right after high school. To listen to the full-length interview with Daniel Stenberg, McKinsey County Economic Development, or listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Media Network is part of a giant social media network. We've got 350,000 social media followers. Check out our network on Facebook, Twitter, but I'll tell you what, go to thecrudelife.com and we have all the links right there. Thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. My name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Peace, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Speece. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Jason Speece is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. Up next, Tracy Bentley, Colorado Petroleum Council. Tracy Bentley, Executive Director of the Colorado Petroleum Council. And thank you for joining us today here at the Crude Life Media Network. Appreciate your time. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off the air that... um, you know, my radio audience is a, is a Wyoming, a Montana, a North Dakota, South Dakota, and a Minnesota audience, but our social media is 350,000, so we have a nice uh, foothold, if you will, within the industry, so that, that's, where I, that's the reason why we wanted to reach out to Colorado, because, and we'll get to that after a bit, but uh, they've got something going on there that's really interesting that I truly believe the industry needs to hear about, that this is well beyond a Colorado issue, and we're going to get into that in a moment. But first, let's just kind of set the table, if you will, Tracy. What, what's going on out there with, I believe it's called Proposition 112? That's exactly right. So Proposition 112 is on the Colorado ballot this year. Voters, voters, excuse me, voters will vote it up or down on November 6th. And Proposition 112 increases statewide setbacks from oil and gas facilities to 2,500 feet. To give you an idea, right now they're about five, they're, they are 500. This measure would increase it to 2,500 feet. It would also allow local governments to go beyond 2,500 feet if they wanted to. Explain that last uh, part, to go beyond 2,500. Sure. So there's a provision in the measure that says... Um, 2,500 would become the new baseline 
setback, the minimum requirement, if you will. But if I'm city X and I decide I want it to be further because that's not enough, I want it, we want it to be 5,000 feet, this proposition gives them the authority to do that. Okay, and uh, where, where is industry in this? When I say industry, of course, I'm talking about the oil and gas industry. Um, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but just what, what are you hearing from people within the industry and, and what's their general feeling on this? Sure. Well, as you can imagine, we are adamantly opposed um, and we're putting on a campaign um, to hopefully try and stop this. But industry in general, um, we have about 230,000 oil and gas employees in the state of Colorado. And I can tell you there's a lot of fear out there because should Proposition 112 pass, it will effectively serve as a ban on new oil and gas development. So we have a lot of folks out there. I mean, we're over 6% of Colorado's economy. And when you put an entire industry in jeopardy like this, and I'm going to talk, and actually it's not just our industry in jeopardy, but we certainly have a lot of our oil and gas workforce who are afraid if this passes, what are they going to do? You know, where, where are they going to go for work? How are they going to afford to live? So it's a very troubling time. Um, in Colorado. But I want to hit on something that I just alluded to. I think the proponents, the activists, the keep it in the ground folks, who are the, the folks running this, thought that they were just really going to take it to the oil and gas industry with Proposition 112. But in actuality, what happens is if it passes, the very first year alone, we would, we would lose 43,000 jobs. And by year 12, we'd lose about 150,000 jobs. The interesting thing about this is, of those jobs lost, 77% of the jobs are not going to come from oil and gas. We're looking at retail, um, hotel and lodging, construction, healthcare, teachers. Um, so so these are. this is just not about oil and gas by any stretch of the imagination. This is about Colorado's entire economy. Well, you bring up a really good point, and, and I, I want to get back to those job numbers in just a moment, but... Um, we, we, we have this uh, up in the, the Bakken, up in the Dakotas, if you will, where uh, coal, they, they always talk about, you know, shutting down the coal plants and doing all this other stuff. You know, like 90% of electricity up, up in the Dakotas comes from coal. And I keep thinking, like, why are these people not fleshing through or thinking through this? It's just, it's such knee-jerk extremism reactions to where, you know, like you mentioned, that 77% of these job loss are going to come from non-oil and gas jobs. That is so true. That is so true. I mean, if you go and take a look at so many different studies, when when they talk about jobs being created in a community, very few of them are, are actually oil and gas ones. They're just the ones that are the engine behind so many other jobs in the supporting service or the ancillary market, if you will. Uh, I do. I want to ask you about this Price Water Cooper's American Petroleum Institute study where it says that uh, 292,900 jobs, 78,300 directly, and nearly 31.4 billion in economic impact for Colorado. So, when we're talking about several hundred thousand jobs, I would imagine this is, of course, over several years, and almost 80,000 of them directly oil and gas. Um, but we're talking $31.5 billion economic impact for Colorado. What, there's, when you say that there's a fear and that people are very much afraid, that's not an exaggeration, is it? This, isn't, this is literal definition words coming out of the dictionary. You are exactly right. 
And yes, there's huge fear that some out-of-state interest groups um, allowed or decided to put something as reckless as this on the ballot. I mean, we have local governments across our state saying if 112 passes, that is our revenue that we use to build roads, that we use to build schools, that we use to fund our first responders. We have, uh, in the very rural parts of Colorado, we have school districts who the oil and gas tax revenue is over 95% of their total income for their schools. They'll have to shut down. We've talked to numerous of volunteer fire departments who said, without you guys here, we can't afford to operate, so we will have to shut down. So the devastating impacts that are going to ripple across our state almost immediately are going to be absolutely devastating. And there's no other industry inside this state or out that's going to step in and contribute right off the bat $32 billion to Colorado's economy. A couple things I want to add to that. 85% of the country's firefighters are volunteer firefighters, and they rely on um, so much oil and gas contributions. I'll, I'll just say it flat out like that. When, when you take a look at a lot of these rural communities and smaller towns, they're volunteer fire departments. 85% fire departments are, are volunteer. So they need the bigger economic engines to continuously give them money to make those things work. So you're, you're exactly right. There are going to be some unintended consequences like emergency services that will probably shrivel up and the schools will be impacted because so much of uh, oil and gas taxes go directly to the schools. And the other thing I wanted to I wanted to bring up too is there are more than just Colorado out there, and unfortunately, and this is probably hard to hear, but um, Mo- Montana faces it every day against North Dakota. There is a significant, a decent amount, if you will, of Bakken land shale play underneath Montana. But because of the way that the state laws are are drawn up. You take a look at it, there's hardly any wells being drilled in Montana versus North Dakota. And that's not lost on people on the eastern side of Montana. They wish that they could get with the times and and have some competitive laws and this sort of thing. When we're talking about what you guys are talking about, have has there been numbers of what percentage of land will be uh, out of access for oil and gas? Is it 50%, 60%, something like that? Yep. So 85% of our non-federal surface acreage in Colorado will be taken off the table for oil and gas development. 94% of this non-federal area, uh, surface area in in our state's top five producing uh, oil and gas counties will be unavailable. So statewide, 85%. But when you look at our top producing counties, of which I live in Well County, which is number one, 94% of surface land is off the table for Well County. So that's why when we say it's a ban, that it certainly serves it. When 85% of, of land is off the table and you can't produce, that's effectively a ban. Tracy Bentley, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a brief pause here at the Coffee and Capitalism Radio, the Crude Life Media Network. We're talking with Tracy Bentley with the Colorado Petroleum Council about Proposition 112 and will it become templated to try to ban oil and gas activity in other states beyond Colorado. Continue our conversation with Tracy Bentley, Colorado Petroleum Council, in just a moment. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network.
music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch coaching. I think it's a really exciting time for our young leaders today because um, leaders like Eric Hatch are changing the face of what it means to lead an organization or what it means to lead a brand. He's changing that. For many years, I think that the, the gold standard of leadership has been somebody who is very polished and has it all together or seemingly has it all together and throughout the years. Um, I think that we've now, especially with technology and social media, we are drawn to what's real. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thoughts on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. We continue our conversation with Tracy Bentley, Colorado Petroleum Council. That that would, um, what would that do to your county? If 90, not, I mean, if you're talking about that much of a percentage is oil and gas revenue, um, what, what would that do to your county? Um, it will it will it will destroy our county's economy. Um, well over fifty five percent of Well County's economy comes from oil and gas. Uh, we produce eighty percent of our state's uh, oil and natural gas right out of Well County. So, uh, Well County will certainly take the biggest hit. Although again, this is going to be a statewide devastation. But Well County will absolutely uh, feel it the most. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of like um, I think it's Fallon County in Montana where. That's where the off-ramp for the Keystone Pipeline is. And, of course, you have Billings County in North Dakota where, um, you know, it's kind of those hotbeds, if you will, of, of good drilling, you know, land. And well, I'm, I'm just thinking of how that would – I don't know if a, how a business could make it in there. Well, if they did, exactly it, right. And, yeah, from, and a, ca- from a cafe to a, from a gas station. That's exactly right. So much of the small business business in Weld County is almost completely dependent on the oil and gas industry workers coming in and dining every day, um, you know, using the facilities. And so you take those workers out and we're going to see small Main Street shops, you know, family-owned businesses dry up and go away. Another thing I'd like to tell people is in, in the state of Colorado, agriculture and oil and gas go hand in hand. So many of our ag producers are also mineral owners. And they heavily rely on those mineral payments, 
in years where they have a bad crop or Mother Nature comes in and destroys their corn or their wheat. It's, it's their oil and gas revenue that saves them. So agriculture is going to feel this too. So I, I'm thinking of like uh, uh, Whiting Petroleum, I think Devon Energy is, is there. Um, you know, you've got some pretty big oil and gas companies based in Denver. Um, what, what are they saying? Are, 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 is anybody talking about if this thing goes through, we're, we're going to have to relocate to Oklahoma City or, or somewhere? Because, you know, a lot of those guys are based in Denver because there's a great international airport there. But they, they at least have some, you know, Colorado drilling activity they can rely on or they have and some mineral rights and that sort of thing. Is anybody talking to that extreme quite yet? Absolutely. Huh. If Colorado passes 112 and they effectively ban new development from here on out, um, there is no reason for companies, um, you know, just to, to stick around and in Colorado, they would some would stay to finish up their the current development that they have in the, the projects that they have in the ground. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they they would go to a more friendly state, right? Who appreciates the industry and, and what they bring to the table and all the jobs and the economics. And one thing that I like to tell folks in Colorado is, listen, we're, we're being categorized as a purple state. I mean, you know, at any, at any given time, a Democrat Republican majority in any house or this or that could could happen, which is which is fine. But what, what's not fine is to have a regulatory environment that with one election could completely be upheaved and completely be done. No business, not just oil and gas, can operate in such uncertainty when it comes to the regulatory environment. And so, you know, this election, not only 112, um, but, but who, who sits in our governor's um, office and who controls the Senate? If we, last year, uh, the oil and gas industry had to fight, you know, two dozen bills, anti-oil and gas bills, in one way or fashion, trying, trying to either ding us or completely take us out of business. And if those bills were to ever pass, it would have a similar uh, effect that 112 does. So the uncertainty right now in Colorado is not good for business. What, what are some of the intellectuals saying, you know, some of the college professors? And, you know, normally they, they of course, uh, the, the intellectual liberals, if you will, would, would kind of go more towards, you know, my guess would be supporting Proposition 112. But to me... Proposition 112 is one of those one of those measures that if you actually take a moment and look at it like an intellectual is supposed to, you don't just surface it, you actually dig into it, you can see how devastating it, it is to beyond oil and gas. I mean, you're talking about health care, you're talking about emergency services, you're talking about um, uh, students, you're talking about um, just all kinds of social services that, quite frankly, are supported by the oil and gas industry in a one, two, three step process. Are any of the intellectuals, you know, economists or any of the universities coming out and saying, hey, this is a bad idea, folks? No, the good news is yes. Uh, we've had several community colleges, the University of Northern Colorado, who's located in Royal County, said, oh, my gosh, this would devastate us. Please, guys, don't know on 112. We've had hospitals come out and say, 
you know, once all passes, we're not we're going to close our hospital. So the answer is yes. And, and something that you said earlier um, about some of the folks on the left. So Proposition 112 is the only ballot measure on the ballot that that both Democrats and Republicans say vote no. This is awful. So we have every top Democrat, both at the federal level and at the state level in Colorado, encouraging everybody to vote no. And certainly we have the the top Republicans. So this is the one thing on the ballot I think that they all agree on. Which brings me to my next question, which is the actual um, meat and potatoes reason for for my reaching out to you um, with this with this Colorado issue. Um, like I said, you know, my radio audience is, is a five state. We got Montana, we've got Wyoming, the Dakotas, and Minnesota. Now we've got the social media audience, but you know, just from a radio standpoint, this will air on those those radio shows so that those five states will hear this. And the reason is, is that I've been following this now since Jack um, over at Summit Engineering kind of alerted me to this issue about a month and a half ago, something along those lines. And this seems very template to me. This seems like it's an, it is a group that may or may not be out of state, um, but, it, but it's definitely centralized. It's centralized through... Uh, their donations and their their state franchises, if you will, it just seems it just kind of smacks of that. And when you've been covering government affairs for 20, 25 years, you can pick up on this stuff. OK. And to me, Proposition 112 seems like it is a template to be used in other states. Is anybody talking like that in, in Colorado? Absolutely. And you nailed it on the head. This is not a Colorado idea. It's not organic. Some, you know, people didn't sit around and say, you know, in Colorado, we should do this. Make no mistake. This is absolutely a national template that if they are able to successfully pass here, get ready, oil and gas states, because it's coming to you. And they're going to start right here in this Rocky Mountain region. We're just convinced of it. This this is being driven, this, this idea came from and is being funded and driven by Food and Water Watch and 350.org. Those are two very strong, keep it in the ground, Washington, D.C.-based activist groups who recruited some folks in Colorado to take up their cause and put their name on it. The other biggest funder is, um, is a pocket full of anti-oil and gas folks in Boulder. But this is not Colorado, and, I want, and it's important that people understand that. But to your to your point, it's very very important people understand this is not necessarily a Colorado problem. Their hope is to find the strategy on how to pass it here and take it to other political states and heavy oil and gas states that kind of have that kind of look and feel like Colorado. To listen to the full length interview with Tracy Bentley with the Colorado Petroleum Council, or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. And while you're at thecrudelife.com, click on our social media tab. Become one of our followers, 350,000 social media followers here at the Crude Life Media Network. Click on the social media tab at thecrudelife.com and check out our social media network. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Copying Capitalism Radio Heard on the Crude Life Media Network. You got your mind blown. Show you something that's never been shown. You're mind 
Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about hatch coaching. Yeah, I mean, this guy gets people laughing. He gets people thinking. He, he's somebody that challenges and inspires. And, and what I think is so beautiful about Eric is he's real. I think the number one thing that I look for in speakers when we bring them into our platforms is that they're that person 365 days a year. Eric is not just a speaker on a stage. That's, that's who he is at the grocery store. That's who he is when he's at the mall. Uh, but, but Eric is somebody that lives his values each and every day. And I, I think we can all respect that. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Hey folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet. The Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm. Well, deja, as, uh, as a great Yogi Berra used to say, Jason, it's deja vu all over again. The Industrial Commission adopted an order last uh, Thursday regarding the ordinary high water mark of the historic Missouri River, and as it relates to the mineral owners, some of them, including a handful of my clients, came out on the, the good side of it, the correct side legally, where the Industrial Commission recognized that the high water mark was the taking line established by the United States Army Corps of Engineers in the 1950s when they acquired all that property for Garrison Dam and Lake Sakakawea. But um, somehow, you know, how, how they got there, they decided that the state would claim 10,000 acres. They have no right to claim. They have no interest in. They're a stranger to title to those acres. But the uh, Wank study came out and said those acres are now below the ordinary high Mark, when the United States Army Corps of Engineers back in the 1950s decided they were above the high water mark and the minerals would be retained 
by the owners whose property the United States acquired for the garrison project. So really it's as simple as this, Jason. The state of North Dakota has decided that after those 10,000 acres, the United States can flood those acres and acquire it for the garrison project. And the state, not the private mineral owners, owns those minerals, which is a blatant taking under the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution and also under the North Dakota Constitution is the same, the exact same problem we had that was litigated in the Wilkinson case, which was decided by the Supreme Court. And apparently the, the attorneys working for the Industrial Commission didn't bother picking up a, a copy of the Wilkinson decision or the United States or North Dakota Constitution to take a look at the takings implication of the order that they adopted. So this, this wasn't a court case. This was the Industrial Commission's vote on whether the state would get the um, mineral rights or not. Is that right? Uh, more or less, what happened was this. So back when the legislative session met in 2017, there was Senate Bill 2134, which I know you've covered it extensively, and you and I have talked about it, and that was a bill that established or said, okay, here's what needs to be done to figure out what the ordinary high-water mark line is with regards to the historic Missouri River. Now, what it says in that legislation, which was ultimately codified at Chapter 61-33.1 of the Century Code, was the Army Corps of Engineers line is the presumptive line. Now, the reason they set the Army Corps line as the presumptive line is because the Army Corps of Engineers was in the best position back in the 1950s to determine where the high watermark was in the 1950s. Now, there's a, a March 2016 decision by the Department of Interior that lays all this out in great deal, telling the state of North Dakota, you cannot go in there state, and decide to change the high watermark of your own volition of the historic Missouri River and say it's something else other than what the United States Corps of Engineers said it was. Well, that's exactly what the Industrial Commission did in adopting this order. The statute said that the, the state had to hire some surveyors to figure out what the ordinary high watermark line was. What I said at the time during the legislative session was the same poison pill that the legislators were putting in the bill calling for another study has the same problems as the Bartlett and West study that led to the legislation in the first place. Now, I've, I've seen the article in the Williston Herald where there's folks that supported the bill that came out and said, well, we had to do this for certainty because of the Reef decision in 2013. That, that's horse crap. To listen to the full-length interview with Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of our social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Media Network social media followers is 350,000 strong, growing every day. If you'd like to be part of our social media network, go to thecrudelife.com. Click on our social media tabs, and you will see our Crude Life Media Network. Check it out, folks. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network.
Giving your stuff away, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market, you can make a million too. Minnie's a crooked woman, diamonds on every hand, tricking mother for you everywhere she lands, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do Put your stuff on the market Or you can make a million too Jack will not jump over the candlestick. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. And that concludes this week's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. For a full list of today's guest and interview, visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We'll be back next week on this radio station at this time. For a full list of our radio affiliates and other media partners, please visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and from the staff here at Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we're asking you to be happy, make money, and give back. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. Sign on our front porch saying, hot stuff will say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million, too. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Speece. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise.
Hey folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale.